1 Corinthians 15. On June the 1st, I will have been back at this church for 30 years. So for probably at least 25 of those years, you've heard me preach on Easter Sunday morning. There's not really much new for me to tell you. But I do want to remind you today that he lives. And we are serving a resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. So I'm not here to preach a new message today. I'm just here to throw a few more things in that maybe you haven't heard along the way. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writing to the church said now in verse 12, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith vain is your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not, for if the dead rise not. Then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now, somebody say, but now. Paul said, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first first fruits, remember that word, of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order Christ, the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. A man picked up a pen. His name was Ernest Poole, and he portrayed one of his characters in one of his novels. And this is what he said the novel was The Arbor. He portrayed in The Arbor as one who does not believe in history. He was convinced. This man was that the past had nothing it could teach us. He said cynically these words. History is just news from a graveyard. So my subject today is this. Good news from a graveyard. Good news from a graveyard. You may be seated. Perhaps it never occurred to this author that a preacher would take a text on a Sunday morning and talk about good news from a graveyard. History does tell us something. It's more than just dead facts. 
I, I mentioned a few moments ago of standing there, and to me, Easter is more real today than it has ever been in my life because I had the opportunity to walk where Jesus walked. I had the opportunity to walk through the old city of Jerusalem just a very few short days ago. And the path where he walked carrying his cross. And I saw the hill called the place of the skull. And as we stood there and snapped pictures, my mind was racing to all the sermons that I've ever preached. And all the things that I've ever heard about the hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. Literally, in the side of that mountain, that hill, is a skull made in the form of rock. And that's why it was called the place of the skull. So this news that I want to bring you today from a graveyard, this news, let me tell you, not many good things come from a graveyard. I've been to a lot of them in my time. I've had a lot of funerals to preach, and I've been to a lot of cemeteries. I've seen a lot of bodies lowered into the earth. I've never seen anybody real happy that anybody was going down to be buried. I, I've seen many tears. I've heard, I've heard women and, and children and men in convulsive crying and wailing because of death. I, I know that death is not a good subject to all of us. And when we go to a graveyard, a cemetery, it is not a happy place most of the time. I don't ever recall a family laughing and jeering and talking and joking while a loved one was being buried. So cemeteries bring solemn news. But today, today, I want to bring you good news from a graveyard. Because this is not an ordinary gravesite. What glorious news it is. Someone has described it this way. Easter is not an argument. It's an announcement. It's not about whether he did or didn't. He did die and he did come back to life. It's a fact, my friend, and I'm here to preach to you on this Sunday morning. It's not just symbolism. It's a shout. It is a proclamation on this Sunday morning. He is alive because this is good news from a graveyard. Whatever else Easter may be to you, it is a triumphant proclamation of good news. He is not here. Remember what the angel said when they came looking for him and the stone was rolled away? He is not here. He is risen. He's not in this, this grave any longer. He's not wrapped up in grave clothes any longer. There's a lot of things I could preach about today. Well, let me tell you, when that tomb was opened up and that stone was rolled away, those grave clothes were folded nicely and set to the side. You know what that means in Jewish custom? That simply means that if he'd have thrown the grave clothes down like I throw my clothes down when I get undressed after a Sunday morning service and my wife said, pick that up. That's not what he done. The Bible teaches us that the, the napkin was folded. He, he, he put the folded napkin over to the side, which meant I'm not through. I'll be back. 
I'm not done yet. I'm just laying this aside. Because, ladies and gentlemen, what he performed on Calvary's tree and what he performed at a tomb was something that will never go away. It is the statue of liberty of the church. It's what we hold our hand on our chest about. It's what we salute to. It is the best thing that ever happened to the world. Because I'm here to preach to you today. He is not through. He is coming back to finish the business that he started at Calvary. Somebody shout amen. Now, we've heard it said many times, especially on Good Friday, that the crucifixion is the foundation of the Christian faith. And perhaps that is true. It is true. However, on Easter Sunday, we also hear preachers proclaim that the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian faith. Thus, some Christians are confused in asking, is it the crucifixion or is it the resurrection? I'd like to answer that question very quickly today. It is both. Because without a crucifixion, there would be no resurrection. Hello? And there, there has to be both. It is the foundation of the Christian faith to argue that one is above the other or delete one and claim the other. It's, 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 it's of no importance. We cannot and must not choose at the expense of the other, one above the other. Both are indispensable to the Christian faith. Calvary is where he died. But the resurrection is where he was made alive. Calvary is where he took your sins and my sins and he nailed them to the cross. I was praying early this morning and I said, oh God, I can only imagine a man that was without guilt, a man that had no sin. He was 33 and a half years upon the face of this earth. Yet he never said one wrong word. He never committed one sin. He's the only individual who has ever lived upon the face of the earth that there was no sin in him. And neither was guile found in his mouth. But now he takes the sin of this old boy. And he takes the sin of every one of you. And he walks up Calvary's with the sin of a world upon his shoulder. How awful it must have been. How terrible the weight must have been. The crucifixion was real and the crucifixion was right. If you go study the crucifixion, it was one of the most horrible, if not the most horrible deaths a man could die. Hanging suspended between heaven and earth. And I want to tell you what he did. He gave everything that I might have everything. He gave all that he had that I might receive redemption and power and glory and grace and mercy. Thank God for the crucifixion. Is there anybody glad that you didn't have to die, that he died in your stead? Is there anybody happy that you didn't have to go Golgotha, but he went in your place? Is there anybody thankful today that you didn't have to die, you didn't have to suffer, you didn't have to be beaten, you didn't have a crown of thorns? He did it all for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what I've come to preach to you is the question and the exclamation 
The question mark is Calvary. What about Calvary? Is he going to come back? I want to tell you the disciples were dispersed. I read it this morning. They ran. They, they took off. They got out of there. Peter was accused and he denied him three times before the cock could crow in the morning. It was a, it was a day of, 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 of disbursement as far as the, the followers of Jesus. There were women that hung around and they stood off crying and, and there were, there were, but there was also Roman soldiers that were wagging their head and mocking Jesus and spitting on him. The crucifixion, the cross was a terrible day. It was a day that looked like a big question mark. How ah, we've lost our leader. There's no more miracles. There's no more signs. There's no more wonders. They watched him feed 5,000. They watched him call Lazarus out of the grave. They watched him heal the lepers. They what they knew what he could be, and that's why they mocked him on that cross and said, "You saved others; now save yourself." If you're the King of the Jews, come on down off that cross. If you're God's son, let God come get you off that cross. That's what they said. It was a question mark. But I want to tell you shortly after a question mark on a Friday, there was an exclamation mark on a Sunday. Hallelujah. It changed from a question mark to an exclamation mark. It was what then, what next? Is it true? Is it false? What are we going to do now? Everything was hanging in the balance. But ladies and gentlemen, on a Sunday morning, hallelujah, I want to tell you when they came to that tomb and the stone was rolled, back. And there said an angel that said, come on, look for yourselves. He's not here. He's gone. The question mark changed to an exclamation mark. Because he got up. Somebody shouted with me, he got up. Ain't no grave gonna hold that body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold that body down. He's going to get up, get up, get up out of that ground. And that's exactly what he did. I hope you understand where we are today. We're not celebrating some myth. We're not celebrating some fiction fiction story. We're not celebrating something that didn't happen. We're celebrating the Christ that was dead and now lives. We're celebrating the Christ who bought the sins and redeemed the mankind upon a cross, died And the song said he walked into hell. Did I preach a little bit to you today? His body might have been on that tree. His body might have been in that grave. Joseph of Arimathea might have took him and prepared the body and buried him in his own sepulcher. But let me tell you where he was. Because in that body was God. He was God. Come on now. Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. John 4 said God is a spirit. Somebody say it with me. God is a spirit. i got to preach a little bit today. I hope I don't bore you, but here it is. God is a spirit. God has not been seen before. Nobody's ever, John 1.18 said, no man hath seen God at any time. You with me? So here's what happened on the cross. They beat Jesus. 
They put the crown of thorns on him. They put him on a cross and nailed him there. They hung him. And he was there, thirsting, in agony, in pain. And finally, I won't go through all he said, but he said, at a given time, it is finished. It is finished. It, three words, it is finished. That's the last thing he ever said. And when he said those words, he died. But let me tell you what happened to him. The Spirit of God went out of his body. God can't die. God never has died. That's why he gave his only begotten son, Brother Eric, that he could die. The son was the son of God. I'm going to help some of you today. There's not another and a separate God. Jesus Christ was a son of God. He was both God and man. As man, he slept, he ate, he wept. He done everything we do as a man. But as God, he healed lepers, he raised dead, he healed blinded eyes, he provided water, he turned water into wine. Come on now. I preach it to you this morning that he was both God and man. Does anybody believe that? Jesus Christ, the Bible said, was God manifest in the flesh. He wasn't a second God. He was God wrapped up in that body. And when that Spirit of God left that body, He hung His head and died. But God didn't stop there. They didn't put God in a grave. They put a body in the grave. They didn't put God in a tomb. They just put an old body in the tomb. And brothers and sisters, what God did was He marched right into hell. Hallelujah. And He took the keys of death and hell out of the hands of the devil. And He said, I'll take that now. You've had it since the Garden of Eden. I'm getting it back. For by death, for by man, sin came. And sin brought death. That all happened in the garden. So what I read to you in, in the book of Corinthians was that sin came and sin brought death by Adam. But let me tell you what Jesus brought. He brought life. He came back and brought life. He took the keys. Can you imagine the devil's having a party? The devil's sitting around and all of his imps and all of his devils and all of his angels. And they're rejoicing that they finally got him. Hey, I'm here. Who's here? God's here. You little old measly devil, you ain't no match for God. You know what the Bible said? If he would have known, if he would have known, he would have never created a cross. He would have never made a Roman soldier mad. He would have never, there wouldn't be no Easter if he would have known, if he'd have had any idea. Because what he did that day was he lost the power of death and hell. The Bible said that the Lord took death and hell, the keys out of his hand. And I'll tell you something else that happened. I got to read this morning when he died and when he went to hell and took the keys of death and hell. Do you know that graves opened up?
Do you know people started walking immediately? Do you know that graves in the graveyard started bursting asunder? And people got up because God took back the keys of death and hell? Ah, somebody needs to hear me today. This is not a story of defeat, brothers and sisters. Just because he stretched on a cross, that don't mean a thing. That's just a body. All he did was give his body. But let me tell you what else he did. He won the victory for every soul that's sitting in this congregation today. Hallelujah. You see, the question mark, the negative part, you can read it all. It raises questions about the gospel. Raises questions about what really happened and is this going to be okay? And his disciples were afraid and fear set in upon them and some of them denied them and some of them just escaped into the darkness and, and here, here Jesus was. He died alone and a few women crying over him. They took his body down. Joseph of Arimathea come and begged for his body and they gave him the body of Jesus and he buried him in, in his tomb. They wrapped him up, buried him. What's happening now? God's gone to hell. He's took care of the devil. He's took care of taking the keys back. Bodies are getting up and in, in, in walking the streets in Jerusalem. There's a powerful manifestation of God. Three days after death. Everybody say three days. The question mark. Oh, what are we going to do? He died. What are we going to do now? Our leader is gone. There's no more miracles. There's no more ministry. We left everything to follow him, and he's dead. There's question marks. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because let me tell you something today. I, I, I grabbed my Bible when they were singing, Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. I can't help it. I preach it every Easter. I can't help it. I can't help it. If you're tired of hearing it, quit coming. Go somewhere else and hear a dead sermon. Let me give you a live one. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And that's with a capital S. That's the Holy Ghost. If so be that the Spirit, capital S, that's the Spirit of God, dwell in you. Dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of God, Holy Ghost, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. You ready for this? Everybody say, ain't no grave. Go hold my body down. Because when you're full of the Spirit, here's what's going to happen. Excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Here it is. Mark it in your Bible. Talk about it. Do whatever you want to. But here it is. But if the Spirit, that's with a capital S, of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He, who is that He? God. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So here, here's my sermon to you today. The question mark turned to an exclamation mark in just a moment's time on the third day. How did it do that? It could not happen any other way. It was Jesus that said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 
Am I right? So what I'm preaching to you on a Sunday morning, that the, you could put a stone. Look, they went to the, they went to, to, to Pilate and they went to the, to, to all the, the officials and said, look, we've heard his disciple, we've heard him say that, that in three days he's going to get up. We got to do something. We can't let that happen. They said, look, you go seal that tomb and you guard it 24 hours a day. And they did. They sealed the tomb. They didn't just put the stone over it. They sealed it up. And when they sealed it up, they thought, okay, this is good enough. Roman soldiers all around. But on a Sunday morning, you can't stop the Spirit of God with a seal. You can't stop it with a spear. You can't stop it with a soldier. You can't stop it with any any thing in the world that I know of because the Spirit of God went into that tomb. And the moment the Spirit of God touched that body, breath came back. Eyes popped open. Fingers started to move. He set up in that old tomb. And the angel said, here, Lord, let me get this thing out of your way. And they pushed the stone back. And out comes an alive Jesus. Hallelujah. A resurrected body. A resurrected Christ. You know why? Because God left his body long enough for him to die. But when the Spirit came back in, that's why I want to preach to you on a Sunday morning. The greatest thing about resurrection is that when you get the same Spirit that raised our to you that raised up Christ and the dead dwelling in you. I wish I had my trumpet. I used to play one. But some of these days the Lord is going to look over and say, Gabriel, blow that trumpet. And the sound of the trumpet is going to call the people of God home. And they who I thought about my old daddy this morning, I'm here to tell you, Mama, he's just laying there waiting on the resurrection. He's just waiting on the trumpet to sound. Because if the same Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it's going to quicken your body. High. You're going to get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Ain't no grave going to hold your body down. You believe what you want to. You believe what you want to. I believe in the power of resurrection. I believe that was just an example of what's about to happen to the church of the living God. There's a hill somewhere between Gina and Harrisonburg. It's at a place called Manifest. You know where that is, Jonathan? I love you. I'm glad to see you. I raised that. That's Judy's boy. She really raised him, but I helped her. And on that hill, I can't tell you how many people I buried. I can't tell you. I've buried people all over everywhere, but on that hill especially. You, can, you can, almost can't walk ten feet without going where somewhere I've buried somebody. Families, mamas, grandmas, fathers, children, babies. I've said it many a time, I wish I could be standing right there on resurrection morning. Because I know, 
I know. I'd like to be standing right out here at Mulhart. It's a big old black headstone. It's got G.E. Chance, August 15th, 1932, January the 7th, 2015. I'd like to be standing there, Justin, when the Lord says, Blow the trumpet. Because let me tell you, there's going to be a resurrection. That's why Paul said, if in this life only, I read it to you this morning, if this is the only hope we have, we're in trouble. But our hope does not rest in this life only. You want to be a millionaire? You want to be rich? You want to have a lot of stuff? You want to be successful in life? Good, good. Nothing wrong with that. But if you wish for anything in this world, you better wish for a positive result on the day of resurrection. And it don't have to be a hit and miss thing. All you got to do is have the same spirit in you that raised him up from the dead. Because if that same spirit dwells in you, it's going to raise you up from the dead. And, and the Bible said, when the trump of God sounds, when the trump of God sounds, that the dead in Christ are going to get to go first. The dead that have been buried that are full of the Holy Ghost are going first. Those who have been filled with His Spirit are going first. And then we which are alive and remain. I'd just like to be standing somewhere near a cemetery. I got good news from a graveyard today. Because He got up, we going to get up. Because He got up, we're coming out of the graves. Hallelujah. Because He's alive, we're going to live forevermore. There's good news from a cemetery today. He ain't there no more. I think it was Jeff that put it on, on Facebook this morning. I didn't see it, but somebody told me about it. I heard about it many years ago. There's a little boy in the, in the Easter program, and his line was, He is not here. He is risen. He couldn't remember his line. And when it got to him, here's what he said. He ain't here. He done left. He ain't here. He's gone. You're looking for the living among the dead. Thank God for the resurrection. Thank God there's going to be a resurrection. Thank God I got what it takes to be a part of it. Get on your feet. Clap your hands. Ain't nobody going to stop you from getting out of that grave. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. sing a song for years. It just said, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. Are you glad for victory today? Look, if you claim to be a Christian, this ought to be the day. This is your July the 4th. Are you hearing me? If you claim to be a Christian, this is your July the 4th. Because we're celebrating the independence of Christianity today. If he would have stayed in that grave, are you with me? We'd be sitting here today and saying, I'm he died. 
But he didn't stay in that grave. So I got a big smile. I got a rejoicing heart. I got a leap today. I got a praise today. He got up. And so I'm getting up. Hallelujah. He's not dead, so I don't have to die. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me finish it and y'all sing. Oh, yeah, we're good shape. Listen to me. Hey, I got to tell you something funny. This Apple Watch a while ago, I got to praising God, and I heard something look down, and it said, you took a bad fall. This thing going crazy with worship. I never had that happen before. I said, look, I, I thought it was calling 911. I punched it off right quick. If they come in here, they're going to find out it ain't a bad fall. I'm getting up. I'm getting up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I may not live to see the coming of the Lord. I hope I do, and I believe I will. But if I die, if I die before he comes for his church, I want you to know something. Go ahead and put me in the ground. My mama had a lot of faith in me dying. She went ahead and bought me a plot right by hers. <laughs> she found one for Patty. She just bought one for me too. I guess I guess she thinks we all going. I love you, Mom. But listen to me. If I die and they put me in that grave, you ought to be standing somewhere near when the rapture takes place. Cause ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down 